Welcome in to the Devi Devotional Podcast, a show devoted to all things Devi and C2C. Hosted by John Arrington and Aaron Wilcox. This dynamic duo brings you actionable strategies with player-driven analysis for your Devi and C2C leagues. Let's dive in. Let's dive into buys and sells. Welcome into the Debbie Devotional, where we stay devoted to Debbie. I'm your host, Dynasty Coach A. Normally, it says it below me, but we had some technical difficulties. So tonight, just imagine you can see Dynasty Coach A there at the bottom, joined as always by Aaron Wilcox at Aaron Wilcox 86. As you can see at the bottom, of course. And then tonight, we actually have a special guest. We brought on Josh Chevalier uh, from Fantasy Points at CFF guys on Twitter. And we're very excited to have him on. I talked to him a couple weeks ago and uh, of course we became the best of friends. And now all we want to do is talk about uh, football, Debbie college, all that kind of good stuff. So we had to bring him on, uh, you know, pick his, pick his brain and see exactly what he thinks, who we should be buying, who should we sell, uh, be selling in Debbie and C to C all that kind of good stuff. Uh, How's it going, guys? How's it going, Aaron? Oh, it, it's going well. And really excited for tonight. Um, this is going to be a great pod. I have no doubt about that. Absolutely. Josh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, why don't you tell everyone really quickly about yourself a little bit, and then we can dive into the good stuff. Yeah, I don't want to don't want to bore people too much. But uh, yeah, I work for Fantasy Points, do some college football stuff over there. And uh, yeah, man, I had a ton of fun chopping it up with you a couple weeks ago. I felt like there's some like fun talk there quickly saw how smart you are. And so I'm just excited to be on the show and talk with you and Aaron and talk some ball, man. I mean, how much, how much fun is it? We just get to take a Tuesday night and just talk about college football in uh, you know, future prospects. It's going to be fun. Absolutely. You love to hear it. you talk about how smart I was. You must've been talking about Aaron or, or something who knows, but <laughs> I just do whatever Beth tells me to do. And yeah. that is all I need most of the time. But <laughs> smart like man. Said, to, tonight we are going to be uh, talking about some buys and sells. Uh, Aaron was nice enough to create a list and actually uh, Josh added a, a few names to it as well. We're going to talk about, and when I say we, I mean Aaron and Josh are going to talk about some freshman recruits uh, that I have not dove into just yet. So, uh, you know, there'll be some fun, but maybe I can you know, at least act like I know what I'm talking about at some point. But <laughs> Aaron, you created the list. You want to bring up the first guy and see if he's a buyer or sell? Absolutely. And, and we can start just with the quarterbacks right away, I suppose. But Shadur Sanders, Colorado quarterback. And I guess the reason that I brought him up is just because he went really high in a recent mock amongst some Debbie industry guys. And I was really interested to see him going in the early first. Like I just have not seen him that high in the Debbie C to C landscape. And I just want to know your guys' opinion on that. I mean, at, at that price for me, he's a sell, but what do you guys think? Josh, go ahead. Yeah. You know, Shador is a tough one to grade for me at this point. I mean, we have Jackson state tape and then we have him at Colorado where he had some like good games, but then as soon as he faced any semblance of a pass rush with his negative offensive line, I mean, he just didn't look good. And so it's like, he's totally matchup based and it's hard. I mean, it's clear that he has tools, right? He's got a decent arm. Um, man, he had, heck, he had a great receiving core. He had a great offensive coordinator that his dad fired halfway through the season, which was weird. 
Um, so there's just a lot like to me, like, yeah, I'm going to sell that because I'm just unsure at this point. I'm going to let other people take that risk on him. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I mean, if we're talking about Debbie purposes, I want nothing to do with them. If you're talking about C2C, obviously he has a little bit more viability there, but I mean, he's a backup quarterback in the NFL. Like that's, that's all he's ever going to be. Uh, you know, you look at it, uh, you know, Josh was joking earlier about how, you know, I'm probably going to mention my, my research at some point. Well, part of my research is, uh, looking at QBs and like, what, what are the important metrics for that? And I've talked about it a million times. I'll t I'm going to talk about it some more. It's big time throw rate and intended air yards. I feel like it's so easy to just look at those two things and you can get a pretty damn good idea of who a quarterback is. And I can tell you with 8.5 intended air yards and a 5% big time throw rate, he's a backup quarterback. He's a game manager at best. Like that's, that's who he is. Now that's not the entire profile. There's obviously more, but just when you see that it's, he's not pushing the ball down the field. It's a lot of dinks and dunks and stuff like that. I can see all that just from two metrics, you know? So it's like, if I can see it, then imagine what somebody like Josh or Aaron that's sitting there actually grinding the film, what they can see. And uh, yeah, I, I want nothing to do with Shadur. If people are hyping him up and putting him up there just because of the name brand, you know, like the, you know, Colorado's the new hotness, obviously the Sanders name and everything, uh, I'm perfectly fine selling and, and getting anything. In fact, I mean, if we want to, uh, I, I know I put my stamp on Jackson Dart on the Full Tilt Debbie pod on the last pod that Josh was on. And, you know, I'm sure people, the listeners were probably very surprised by uh, where I drafted him. And that's fine. But I think that you could go get a Jackson Dart with a Shador Sanders. And right now it's going to be, somebody might be like, oh yeah, you know, like I'll definitely do that. Give me Shador. And then by the end of the season, they're going to be like, well, damn, I should have should have kept Jackson Dart, you know? Yeah. One of the things you've talked about are, you know, articles I've read, with you john and do you talk about sec competition and players from the sec and then kind of looking at that and tilting things in their favor when it goes to nfl and there's something about that right like at any level when you're playing higher level competition um you just get a better idea of how that's going to translate to the next level with shador i mean he's playing in the pac-12 and again like the competition isn't great and when he does play good competition you know it's the results aren't fantastic so it's just harder to grade and when you get to a guy like that um yeah it's like man i'm just gonna stay away from that i'll let other people hype him up and if i'm wrong um then i'm wrong and i'll have to eat that but um you know i don't want to take risks qbs are already hard enough to evaluate when you have factors like we have with shador um it makes it impossible for a guy like me that's just you know i don't have a bad i'm not a former qb uh you know evaluating this guy so i'm, I'm gonna stay away yeah, and and that's fair. And, and you're very right that QBs are just a hard position to evaluate for everybody. But like you said, there are some ways where we can at least make higher probability bets through um, some of the research that we can do. Well, maybe that was a softball for the first one, but this next guy I think will be a bit more debated. And that's Arch Manning, Texas quarterback, a guy who is not slated to start uh, this season. But I mean, I guess who knows what's going to happen. Do you guys consider Arch Manning a buy or a sell? Week four, week four. I've been calling it for. I've been calling it for two years now. Um, yeah, I mean, this is another player that we actually talked about, and I, I promise, we, we didn't talk about every player, although we did talk about a lot of them. Um, but I, I already know, you know, how Josh feels about him, so I guess I'll go ahead and start on this one and just say that, you know, I, I get the, 
I get all the talk of, you know, Quinn is, is proven Quinn came back to, to, you know, run the team and all that kind of stuff. And, and I get that in it. And I've definitely learned over the past couple of years, two or three years of doing this podcast that coaches are really unwilling to just move to the younger guy. It just doesn't happen as often as you might think, even though it did happen with the Caleb Williams, you know, with Spencer Rattler, um, it can happen, but it's usually because that person is really struggling. And I do actually wonder if Quinn's going to truly struggle because they are, they've built like one of the best <laughs> supporting cast for any quarterback to, to have. And it's going to be very difficult for him to truly struggle except for his actual, his, uh, his schedule is actually pretty damn tough. In fact, we have a Michigan uh, matchup in week two. I've been saying week four, it might be week three when Arch Manning is, is starting here uh, because Quinn just completely falls apart against the national champions. Uh, I just, I, I joking, I jokingly talk, you know, like that, but I honestly do think that Quinn is better, but similar to a Shador where I feel like he's kind of backup esque. Um, maybe like a really high end backup, like a Michael Penix Jr. or somebody like that, where like I feel like they could win a couple games for a team if he go in there, but they're not going to go up and like light up the scoreboard and and uh, win you a full season, take you to the Super Bowl or anything like that, unless you have some uh, amazing team in the NFL. And that's how I feel about Quinn. That's how I feel about Michael Penix Jr. Just not necessarily comping the player, just kind of comping how I feel about them. Um, yeah. And I I feel like at some point. Arch is going to take over that team and, you know, like be given that shot. So if he does struggle at all, then we definitely might see Arch. So I guess that's my very long winded way of saying, I do believe he's a buy um, because there's still concerns from people, you know, Quinn's going to be there the entire year. Uh, he came from a small school, you know, he didn't look great in that spring game last year, yada, yada, yada. I think a lot of those answers or questions might be answered um, even in the spring game this year or something like that. And then it's going to be a little late. And so I would be buying them now. Yeah. I mean, I look arch, there's a, he's going to get every opportunity to, to succeed at this level and the next. Right. And there's something about that, right. We talk about draft capital in the NFL and, you know, players getting opportunities. I mean, the same thing with arch, you know, he's got the pedigree. I do think when he's got on the field, like he's shown a really good arm. And he's shown that he's got some mobility to him. And so, you know, I'm fascinated. I think the way they're handling his career coming from private school ball in, you know, Louisiana to this level, it's going to take time for him to adjust. And they're giving him the time to do that. His family knows what they're doing. Sark knows what he's doing with quarterbacks. I like the way that they're letting him to develop and not putting a bunch of pressure on him. And um, I just think there's a lot of boxes to check. I mean, you know, the boxes that you can check, I think he checks at this stage in his development, what actually happens, like we'll have to see, but, um, but I really like, again, like so far what we've seen, even when he got on the field, I thought he even like was better at this stage of his career than, um, than I thought he would be or what he showed in the spring game, to be quite honest. And, and I think that's fair as far as saying a lot of boxes are checked. Um, he brings a lot to the table as far as just maybe that safety. But we just have not seen his production thus far at the college levels. We just really don't know besides what he did in, in college or sorry, in high school, you know, how he's actually going to fare as a college passer. And that's why mm -hmm. I think that, you know, when you're taking him really early in a Debbie startup, it's just like the risk is pretty enormous there. It's the same thing as drafting any freshman. Um, and we've talked a little bit about, you know, what is the risk of drafting a freshman but like you said great 
uh, opportunity at Texas where they're building so much talent, whether he has to wait another year, which I mean, that's, that's tough if you can't play your first two years, but still he should be at Texas, even though, you know, I would be curious to see if there's going to be some rumblings of him transferring. If things don't go his way in the spring, I guess you just don't really know. I I still kind of doubt it. I think he is there. um, As you mentioned, Josh for the long haul, but there's just a, a bit of uncertainty. And with the prices that I see him going at, I mean, maybe you start getting to the third round or so. Hey, I'm much more okay with that, but his price out there is fairly pricey. So I would consider myself more on that sell, not necessarily saying he's a bad player, but just how I feel about the current value in leagues. Yep. I will say that, you know, I've seen multiple Debbie mocks with him going in the first round. Uh, Josh took him in the first round, but he's, he's a homer. So that doesn't really count, Uh, you know, in, in our Debbie mock on the full tilt, but I, if, if he's going as an obvious first round pick, then, you know, he very well could be a sell. Uh, but then, you know, we also know that's, that's where the question becomes, when is the right time to draft these guys? And, you know, because there, there's so few proven players in Debbie right now, unfortunately, we're having to draft these projects and prospects and everything else a little earlier than maybe we did last year or the year before, you know, like that kind of thing. And so I feel like, you know, just like we're going to get into Nico I here in a second and we're going to, you know, we're going to kind of be talking about the same thing. It's one game of production against a solid defense. You know, like when do you, when do you draft that player? And that's kind of what we're talking about with Arch. But like you said, I mean, he, he has a supporting cast. He has everything that you would want. So even if it is next year, they're kind of proving that like he's going to have every tool at his disposal when it is the time. And at least you can feel pretty good about that, uh, you know. Whereas with some of these uh, other QBs, it's like, and who the hell's going to be there, you know? Right. Yeah, that's a fair point. Yeah. Absolutely. So the next quarterback that we can talk about here, though, I, I think, like John mentioned, Nico I Yama Leva, and I, I think that you know he is he's kind of this polarizing guy right now because he's another player going into his second year. He actually got on the field a little bit right at the end of the season. So we got to see some flashes and he's projected to be their starter right away this year. And we know what Tennessee can do as a passing game. So it's really interesting to see a guy who is, who's not yet to fill out that frame, but he does have a very promising, at least build to, to build upon. And just a lot of those, you know, scrambling and, arm strength um, attributes that we really want to see at the quarterback position. Do you guys consider him more of a buy or sell considering he might be going in the late first to early second and a lot of Debbie startups and mocks. I think, you know, he's getting to the point of being a sell just because he's, you know, like people are already kind of falling in love with him and he's still unproven and everything, but, you know, kind of like going back to what we were saying about arch, you know, he, he's in a good system. Um, we haven't really seen enough of it, but you know, he was a five-star prospect, you know, great prospect. And we, the one game that we did see, he was literally up against the best defense in, in what all of college basically. So um, we can't even say that, you know, that that's necessarily, even though he didn't look amazing, he did. Now he did score a bunch of touchdowns, um, had, had what three rushing touchdowns. Um, he actually yep. had 1.31 PPR points per touch, which is like, elite now it's a small sample is one game but that's just showing his ability at least in fantasy purpose for fantasy purposes if not for you know actual like nfl purposes and stuff like that now the intended air yards the big time throw rate that was low 
But once again, he was going up against one of the best defenses in the country. So it's not that crazy to think that this true freshman kind of struggled, yada, yada, yada. Um, that that's my only issue is that he, he still is unproven, even though he's, we've seen some things that we do like he has athleticism. He has a strong arm. He has all that kind of stuff, but he is completely unproven. So if people are just forcing him into that first round, then, you know, at some point you probably do have to say like, he can be a sell. Um, but then once again, like I said, with arch, there's not that many proven options. So, you know, who are you selling him for? So, uh, I guess technically I would call him a buy, but you know, it's really going to be like price dependent when it's all said and done. Yeah. It's hard. You know, QBs again, they're hard to evaluate and it's hard to buy unproven QBs in the first round. And I think that's like, when you look at the Debbie landscape right now, it feels like a transition year. John and I have talked about this before, but it's like, it's like, that's why some of these guys are going so high that are unproven is that there's just not a lot of proven guys that you're like, I'm going to stake my claim on like Nick Singleton, like who we'll talk about later, but it's like, he's like all these guys kind of have like holes that you can poke in their game in different ways. And so I, I'm a huge fan of Nico. I mean, I think as much as it's hard to evaluate success in the NFL, it's not hard to evaluate what traits the NFL is looking for, right? They want mobility. They want a strong arm. J.J. McCarthy. You can argue about whether J.J. McCarthy is a good QB or not. Is he going to get draft capital? He'd probably, probably be picked in the first round. And that's because he has traits, even though he hasn't proven, to me, a ton on the field. Um, Nico, to me, is not – JJ McCarthy, as far as what he's even proven yet, but he's got traits, right? Like we saw he can run. He's he in the spring game. If you go back and watch that, he makes some throws. That's like, holy cow, the zip on that ball and the placement on that ball was incredible. And he's got some things. He's going to be in a system and, and with Josh Heupel. That's going to, he's going to put up numbers. Um, now the real question is like, can he read a defense? And I think in the NFL right now, you got to ask the question, does that even matter? Like half these guys come in, they can't read a defense and they're killing it until the NFL figures them out. That's a whole nother conversation, but the traits, at least what people are looking for, the Desmond Ritters of the world, even though he's bust, like he had traits and he got picked in the second round. So I think Nika is going to get that draft capital because he's got those traits and he's going to have production at Tennessee. Yeah, He's a buy for me. Oh, there you go. There it is. Um, I would also put him more in that buy rather than sell just because some of the differences we were talking about uh, between like an Arch and a, and a Nico. I mean, they're both second year guys, but yeah, we're going to see Nico start right away and we're going to see the traits and we're going to see all of those types of things and another year for him to develop in college. So I think he might get there sooner, but there's always risk with that so it's it's somewhat price dependent like john says as always uh, but are there any other freshmen uh, on well not necessarily even freshmen just any sort of quarterbacks that you guys want to discuss here or should we move on to the running backs i think i think somebody for me like a freshman that's interesting to me um i kind of how i start my process with um high school seniors coming into college is I usually start with the all-star games because I want to say, again, it's kind of the benchmarking equal talent. Um, and Walker White from Auburn was like really intriguing in the Army All-American game. Again, he can run a little bit. He's got a good arm. And he's going to come in with like three of the top 10 wide receivers and Hugh Freeze as his his coach. I mean, there's enough there that like I don't know, honestly, where Walker White's going right now. But if he's like a – seventh, eighth round guy. He's a guy that I would throw some 
you know, he's a guy I would buy if he's going in that range. If he's like third, fourth round, yeah, I'm not going to touch that because he's a freshman. But but he's a guy that I'm intrigued with just because he's going to come in with so much talent. He's got some tools to work with. Um, and so in that way, he he's intriguing to me as a guy that if I can get him at a good, you know, if he's a, a value, then he's a guy I would, I would want to go after. I'll, I'll be super intrigued to see what Walker White's uh, startup ADP is, things like that, because mm-hmm. like you said, I mean, he might be under the radar, but you get enough people starting to talk about him and the weapons there. I think he's going to rise to what I would consider to be a sell at some point. I'm just going to predict yeah. that this off season um, only because I mean, the guy has a 56 per 56% um, pass completion percentage for his career in high school. It, mm-hmm. It's kind of low. Like the guy is yeah. not super accurate, but you can also point to a guy like Caleb Williams, who was not actually that accurate in high school either. So it, it's not the mm-hmm. end all be all. Um, and, and it's just very interesting that he's going to have those weapons um, at Auburn where it's like Auburn again, is that a place that we want quarterbacks to develop and, and play? But at least he has some, some talent at the wide receiver position, which I actually am a little bit lower on some of those Auburn mm-hmm. um, incoming um, guys. But if they get Ryan Williams too, I mean, game over. Yeah. yeah. They get so yeah. good. <laughs> kind of factoring so, Ryan Williams into that a little bit, but yeah. Right. At, at this you point, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I, I think that Ryan Williams, I'm just leaning towards him going back to like Alabama or, or, or somewhere else. But I mean, who knows, right? Auburn and Alabama are the two front runners. So, you know, yeah. Texas trying yeah. to sneak in there. Little plug. <laughs> yeah. I wonder how high uh, Walker white will jump up once he gets his nickname Heisenberg, you know, from Walter white and all that kind of stuff. You know, once that happens, it's, it, it's to the moon. It's over. Know, <laughs> it's just, it's over. But, um, Going back to J.J. McCarthy real quick, uh, if you want to mm-hmm. learn about J.J. McCarthy, I actually have an article coming out on DLF, I believe, tomorrow about McCarthy. Uh, so that'll be a good way to nice. hear about him. And then real quick, the uh, I wanted to look up where he was, where Nico I is on um, the DLF rankings, because that's where I was saying, you know, like price dependent. And it's kind of exactly what I was thinking, because two of the rankers have him in the 20s like 20th overall whatever but two of the rankers have him at seven and eight and so if he's at seven and eight he's a sell <laughs> if he's yeah. at 20 he's a buy and that's why like it sounds like a cop-out for you know for saying price dependent but you know like people are people are willing to take him super early he's the actual qb1 for uh, dlf's debbie ranks uh consensus ranks so you know it shows you how high he is already and yep. then, you know, like, it, but there's also, you know, you see a little bit of a discrepancy there with, with some of the ranks and everything. So not everyone's on board, but some people are, and that's why it just gets really tough to call someone a, a clear buy or sell at that point. You know, that's a really good point, man. Yeah. Cause I buy him at 20, but oh, yeah. seven or eight. Ooh. I guess yeah, exactly. Know. Of course. And then some of the sites. So I, I mean, I'm a ranker now at um, Campus DeCanton. And I mean, I haven't updated my ranks, to be honest, like in the last few weeks here. It's been, it's been a while, right? I'm still kind of waiting for some of these pieces to settle in. And I'll be doing that in the next week or two. But it's like going off of 
some of the consensus ranks, things like that right now on, on there, it's just not going to be fully updated or at least for myself. So could be the same thing on, on DLF. You, you'll probably see a guy like Nico rise up for sure. So that's probably the price we're anticipating. But uh, Josh, you, you mentioned Nick Singleton and, and maybe let's mm -hmm. just transition to the running backs and, and see what do you think buy or sell with Nick Singleton, a Penn state running back. Yeah. Well, so I got him at RB two in the Debbie startup this last, you know, a couple weeks ago in the mock that we did. And I think I, if, if that's where I'm getting them, like I'm going to buy them, you know, this is before Trevion Henderson declared, we all thought he was gone. So he wasn't in that. And so, um, so I, you know, Nick Singleton, he's the one guy again, other than Trevion that he's got some elite, uh, an elite trait about him, right? He's big and he runs a 10, eight, 100 meter. And, and he's just twitchy, you know, like he's got some twitch to his game. And uh, he, he got a little bit better in the past game this year. So I'm going to buy him. But look, like other than Trevion Henderson, who I, I really do like him, like he can poke holes in almost every other running back that's being drafted in the first round. And so I'm just like, it's tough. Like it's tough landscape out there right now, in my opinion. It, it absolutely is. And, you know, like I've always been – kind of anti singleton just because it was it was he was an unproven player that was pushed up to rb1 by like everyone and yeah. i just was like I, I can't do it um now that's not even like me technically tooting my own horn because i had quinchon judkins at one for uh, at least four not overall because i always had trevion and and uh and those guys ahead of them but for that class i always had for the 25 class i always had quinchon ahead of judd or of uh singleton and now i'm actually uh, i've switched them again so mm -hmm. like if anything i was wrong but I was kind of right <laughs> just because, you know, like I, I feel like he, he never became Singleton never became the player that people wanted him to become, or he hasn't done it yet. Uh, maybe he'll do it this year and that would be great. But right now he's just a project, you know, a la JJ McCarthy or whoever, you know, but for running backs and now we've seen some projects like uh, Isaiah Pacheco work out just because of speed and athleticism and stuff like that. And I mean, he, he should be better than that anyway, but even if he's not, he still has those things. And so like, mm -hmm. I don't hate him. I never have hated him. I just didn't really like him being number one in the class when I really never felt like he, he had done enough to actually be the number one. And so I, I feel like nothing has truly changed for me. It's just now I've kind of come around and been like, I don't like Quinchon as much. And so now Singleton's back to one. <laughs> yeah. and, and Nick Singleton is just like Josh was saying, just such a freak where I, I truly think that he's going to go to the NFL combine, even if he still had kind of another math year at Penn state. And we're just all going to forget about that. And we're going to say, Hey, that system, you know, that for whatever reason, that running system was not fitting him well. And some NFL team is going to identify him as a player. They can at least get the ball to right. Because he just is so big and um, fast and athletic and he's capable as a receiver too. Like this guy is not a slouch. And I think that makes a big difference at the end of the day. So, yeah, absolutely. Well, ultimately, I still see him as a buy, especially when you can get him in the second round. So I was just on the Back to Devi podcast, and we just did a mock, and I, I don't want to give away all the results from that mock, but I was able to get him. A little sneak peek, I guess. I was able to get him in the mid-second, and I think that's a very fair value right now. So it, it just really depends, like all these guys will talk about. But I do consider a lot of people – or consider that a lot of people are going to sour on him 
I still think we just got to bet on that athletic profile and for him to find that right spot um, when he gets to the next level. So yes, do I want him to take a big step forward this year in efficiency? Absolutely. But I will, I will accept him as a buy right now. Yeah. And I think, you know, and once again, I'm looking at the DLF ranks and like Tet McMillan, who I, I profess my love for at this point, uh, is going one spot ahead or, or is ranked one spot ahead of Singleton. I feel like as long as Tet is gone, then I'm fine buying them or, you know, drafting them at that price or whatever you want to call it. Uh, but yeah, if, if Tet's still on the board, I, I can't do it. <laughs> and, you know, like you even like, I feel like at that point we have question marks about almost every single player that you could possibly draft. And so I really have no issues drafting a guy like Singleton or paying those prices for a guy like Singleton that yes, has question marks, but everyone has question marks there. Yeah, that's fair. How about another running back? And this is one of the unique guys who ended up coming back to college. So Devin Neal, um, Kansas running back. We all thought he was going to declare it's a weak running back class, right? Well, he must not have got that great of feedback um, from the NFL. And that is, to me, a little bit concerning. I still think he, there's people who still believe in him. They think that, you know, he's going to break out even more this coming season. I'll just say right away before you guys go, I am selling him or at least, you know, trying to, trying to sell him if I have him. It's not like I'll sell him at any price, but to me, I just don't think that he is going to stick out with this next group of running backs that looks way more talented than this year's. I mean, what's he going to do in one more season to really catapult up to the tier of like Travion and Quinshawn and even like a Nick Singleton who we just talked about. So that's my quick thoughts on Devin Neal. How are you doing <laughs> microphone wise? <laughs> you think we get, do y'all see here feedback or a little bit? It, it's better now. Okay. Might be uh, yeah, it's never happened before, but it might be like, like water heater or something. I don't know. Um, (laughs) But yeah, you know, I mean, with Devin Neal, I think, I think that's a really good point, Aaron. Like what, like was, it seems kind of a bad decision to come back. You know, obviously didn't know it's Travion was going to come back, but it's like this next draft class seems to be a little bit better potentially than like right now, where it seems like, you know, you have a few guys that might stick out, but, I feel like Devin Neal could have easily could have had day two draft capital this year. And it's like, why not go to the NFL um, at that point? So yeah, sometimes staying around like that can actually hurt you in the long run. Yeah. I have him as a sell. Um, he, now obviously you get dinged a little bit by being a senior in the model compared to a junior. So him making the decision to come back is dinging him a little bit, but uh, he is, I mean, he was never that high, Anyway, except for like, I think he had like what one or two big blow up games at the beginning of the season and he kind of skyrocketed, skyrocketed up the ranks and then he, you know, fell back to earth like each individual game after that. But um, I was looking at DLF's ranks once again, you know, they have them as uh, RB12 uh, overall in Debbie right now. And that's probably pretty accurate, I would say. You know, like that's that feels like what how people feel about him. I actually have him as RB twenty in my ranks. So I, I mean, uh, technically he is a sell just by looking at it that way. But even then, like I'm, I'm not the biggest Evan Neal fan. Like I've been intrigued by him at times, but like nothing truly stands out as amazing. He has decent size. He has decent athleticism. 
he has a decent receiving profile. Like nothing is truly making me go like, I really have to stake my claim on this guy. I have to have him on my team. And so if people are drafting him or paying RB 12 prices in Debbie, I'm definitely willing to sell. Yeah. Good points all around there. And then another running back who's, who's interesting. And in, in this, well, this is definitely going to be for some different reasons, but Trevor Etienne of going from Florida and transferring into Georgia, transferring into a big time program there. And I, I think it's an exciting move, but what do you guys think? What, do you consider Etienne a buy or a sell? I think you got to have him as a buy. I mean, he's going to a running system, you know, like a system that wants to put out uh, or has put out great running backs in the past. Uh, they've been kind of falling off recently, but I think it was more just they they kind of had a dry spell of talent. And then, you know, like Branson Robinson got hurt. Uh, Roderick Robinson got hurt, I believe. You know, like they, they haven't quite had uh, the greatest luck there. And then Kendall Melton's like one of the most overrated players ever. So I... But I think look at what Trevor Etienne did at Florida in not necessarily a full workhorse role or anything like that. But I think he's he's kind of proven that he can do it. Um, he has the size. He has the athleticism. 10% big time run rate the uh, past couple of years. Like, I love to see that. So he's showing the big playability, the explosiveness that we love to see. But like I said, he has the size and the athleticism. So now he's going to a program that's most likely going to showcase his abilities. Like, why are you leaving Florida to go to Georgia unless you're completely guaranteed you are at least the one A, if not just the one altogether? And, um, you know, like, I like Roderick Robinson. Uh, I liked Branson Robinson at one point, but I don't think that we have to worry about him this year at the very least, uh, or at least, you know, the beginning of the season. And I don't think anyone there's anyone else of like true consequence besides maybe a freshman that you guys might tell me about or something like that. Once again, I haven't done that research yet. So beyond a freshman, that's probably never going to see the field. I think that it's going to be the Trevor Etienne show. And I mean, I have him extremely high in my ranks now. So yeah, I would say he is a buy unless someone is as crazy as I am. Yeah. I mean, I look, Etienne has been a guy at Florida that's just like popped off the tape as you know, as soon as you put it on, it's like, he's always making plays. It's frustrating that he's not getting more run there. So it's great to see him to go to Georgia. Right. And um, and I think I agree with all those points. I probably um, am not going to be as high on other people. Like I'm not going to draft him in the first round of a, of a Debbie draft. Um, But that might be a huge mistake because he's, his potential is just unbelievable. So um, you know, a little bit of a question on his like long speed, but like how much does that really matter with a running back? Like, I don't know. You can get into that. Um, but, but Trevor Etienne, man, I mean, the guy, his contact balance is fun, fun to see, and he's a good running back. And, uh, I think put him behind that George offensive line and it's going to, it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah. And I'm certainly excited for him. I would consider him a bit more of a buy, but I think with the hype that he's going to get, if he's starting to go in the late first, I mean, at that point, I, I might cool off, but for now, he's a buy. But speaking of guys who have some controversy to them, Raheem Sanders going from Arkansas to what, South Carolina now? That's going to be an interesting move, especially in a guy who just is coming off just a disastrous season. Do you guys consider him at this point a buy or a sell? One of the things that I was really – I consider him a sell, and here's why. One of the things that I was, I was concerned about last year – and I wish I would have been more vocal about it in spring ball is when he gained all that weight, 
I think he got up to like 237. And then like I was so intrigued to watch that spring game to see what what he was going to look like at 237 versus 225. And he looked bad. <laughs> um, but, you know, I was so afraid to go against consensus on that. And I, I should have spoke up more. Um, and like, I, I, I don't know. I mean, at this point, I don't see him going to South Carolina and like killing it. Like, I, I don't even think, I think before he was priced, like, I loved Rocket Sanders when he was coming in. Like as a D, like I'm a CFF. That's my background. Loved him as like a dynasty player in that. But like, pretty raw as a runner. I mean, even when he was like, when he did well, I thought what he did well with was he was just extremely physical, like for his size, and he had some athleticism. But he was still learning how to play the running back position, and um, and so I think at this point, it's like I don't know if he's any better. And he's he's not rock he's not super fast. I mean that was really never his game, and he better get down to two twenty five or he doesn't. To me, he's not even like maybe a late day three pick at this point. But I'm pretty off of Rocket Sanders. I mean that South Carolina move was kind of the nail in the coffin for me as far as uh, yeah him being a sell. Yeah, this time I'm looking at two different sites because like Aaron said, you know, maybe not all ranks are updated or anything like that. So I just wanted to make sure before I put my two cents in, DLF has uh, Rocket as RB11 uh, consensus wise and campusdecanton.com has him as RB8. That seems wild. And uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, if those are the prices, he's absolutely a sell. Uh, I do not have him anywhere close to that. And, but I mean, the thing is like, I have, I want him to succeed so bad and it's probably just because I watched him technically break out in at the Outback Bowl, uh, the, the year prior to his you know, big sophomore season and everything. So I got to watch him like, like I said, kind of like his breakout game because he hadn't really been used all that much before that. And it was like, I even, I texted Aaron before and it was before I truly got into, you know, like prospects and like the freshmen and all that kind of stuff. And, and I'm like, who do I need to be looking for? He said, Oh yeah. You know, you want to look for rocket Sanders. And I was like, okay. And then I watched him live. And so ever since then I've been rooting for him, traded for him in a couple spots. I have him in some spots, but if I can still get RB eight prices, I think I'm selling. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. And I actually think that his, his value has dipped more than some of those rankings show. So I, I tend to disagree just a little bit only in, only for this reason. So last off season, I had him as a sell. I was like, I'm not comfortable with him anywhere near like a Travion Henderson valuation. I just didn't see him quite as that type of athlete or anything like that. But then, you know, as his value has continued to plummet and, and go down and down and down, and I get that it's rebounded a little bit, right? There's, there's some hope. Maybe he can return to that form. Um, if it simply was just an injury thing and then, you know, the weight gain on top of that, I, I just know that some of these strength and conditioning programs, they can work with a kid to try to get back some of that athleticism. It's not like it's gone forever. He has to work, right? I mean, he has to be really motivated to get back to that previous self. But I mean, the guy had 1,400 yards and 28 receptions for 271 receiving yards in his second year in college, and he was very efficient with it. That's just that's intriguing upside, and if you can get him at a discount, I mean, I'm I'm trying to buy. I just don't know how much of a discount there truly is. It's 
it's really hard to say at this point in the off season, but I'm just going to put some feelers out there, right? Potential buy, I'll say. So uh, th- that's where I fall with Rocket Sanders. But like I, said, uh, I'm gonna, I, I don't yeah, hate yeah, it. I like it. I, yeah, I like it. I don't it. hate it at all. Like I, I, I want to believe in the players. So I, I, I definitely, I don't. But you, you were saying how you know, obviously, it seems like the team kind of let him down at, at Arkansas, and people have been questioning why did he transfer to South Carolina? I mean, what if it's just to get away from that that team? What if it's to get away from you know the the. Uh, strength and conditioning coaches and like those kind of guys. Like, I mean, I have no idea. This is a hundred percent speculation, but what if that's cause everyone's like, Oh, it's a lateral move. Okay. Well there, then why is he making a lateral move? Maybe there's a reason for it. So maybe we have some hope in the, in the speculation of that. And may, or maybe it's just me, you know, like hoping that my uh, two shares are not completely dead, you know? <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's fair to speculate. Yeah. You know? I'll, spe- I'll speculate. Maybe he had like a, an aunt or uncle out there, a r- really good cook. And it's, it's just best for him to move away from that. Right. Uh, uh, but we'll see. But I, I do want to clump a couple of running backs together here just to save on some time. And I just view these guys as, as somewhat interchangeable at this point for different reasons. Not everybody will have these guys in the same tier, but I think that Jordan James, Oregon back, Ollie Gordon, Oklahoma State back, Omarion Hampton, UNC back, and Damian Martinez out at Oregon State. I just think that those guys are kind of all interesting, and they fall in that tier of like nobody really loves them as like a top three type of guy in the class. It doesn't seem at least, or at least not a top two guy, but I mean, a lot of people like them to varying levels. It's just like, where do we put them, and, and do we consider any of these guys strong buys or strong sells? Uh, I'll go ahead and start here. Um I think that the clear and obvious one, and actually I drafted him on on the uh, the, the draft mock that we did, the Debbie mock that we did a couple weeks ago, and it was Damian Martinez. And Josh was like, "Take him, I don't want him." You know, like you could tell. But and I get that there's the there's the issue of the whole pack two, and are, is he going to be in a, a G five program now or G six or whatever the hell it's called now? Um, and you know, like. I get all that, but I wonder if he did enough at a P5 level to where like he's already on people's radars, like he's already on the NFL's radars and all that kind of stuff to where it's not quite the same as if he was just at G5 or wherever he's going to be. I have no idea like exactly what Oregon State is doing, but I think that um, I think he's proven to be a quality player. I guess the question would be all those other like ancillary you know, questions and all that kind of stuff. How does he answer those and how does uh, Oregon state, you know, figure out whatever the hell Oregon state is, uh, is doing then Amar and Hampton. I'm not the biggest fan of, in fact, I would call him a sell if we're just like trying to keep it shorter. Cause you're clumping all these guys together. Like I like, I like Hampton, but I mean, I've heard people talking about him being closer to the top, like, you know, like top three, top four, and I can't do that. So if, if that's the case, he's a sell. Uh, if he's if he's some kind of value somewhere, then obviously he's a buy. But like if, just from what I'm hearing from different pods and all that kind of stuff, he's a sell. And then Ollie Gordon, I feel like is is like one of those players that has done everything that you could possibly want a player to do, except for he's at Oklahoma State. And so people are like, ah, yeah. He sucks, you know, like because it's Oklahoma State, and so I feel like I'm going to end up being higher on Ollie Gordon than a lot of people. So I would call him a massive buy. Um, and I get that it's not. I get that you know they haven't produced the best players, um, you know, but they, they've had some decent ones. But uh, I I just feel like this is 
different. Like he just seems different and maybe I'm wrong, but uh, yeah, give me, give me all the Ollie Gordon and Jordan James can get out of here. Jaden Lamar to the moon, baby. What do you think? John? That was, a, that was incredible. Yeah. I, you know, Amari and Hampton's a tough one for me. I was, I'm, I was huge on him coming into college. Got lots of, again, college fantasy football dynasty shares. Um, I love his 10, 900 meter, 220 pounds. But again, like he's not a, he had horrible vision his freshman year and he did better in his own scheme this last year. And, um, and that was really good for him, but we'll see, you know, I think, I think there's still questions. I think he's still growing. I think where he's currently going, he's past where I'm comfortable taking him in a Debbie. Um, because I don't think he's a supernatural running back. Um, like I'll put him in the same tier as like a Damian Martinez where, yeah. I mean, I think Damian, it, it, look, if Chris Rodriguez can, can be decent for the Washington Redskins and some spot up duty, then like Damian Martinez is going to have a good NFL career. Uh, but you know, you know, I'm looking for in the, in the ranges that these guys are going, I'm looking for like traits, like elite traits. And, I don't know, like, if Amari Hampton or Damian Martinez is, is quite at that level for me. I'd rather take a shot on somebody like a, um, even though I didn't do this, but like a Donovan Edwards, that's just gonna like he's got some elite things that he does that the NFL is gonna love. Whether that's good enough to overcome his deficiencies, I don't know. But what he does is elite, elite. Um, and so there's guys like that that I think. Sorry, I I just saw that we're talking about him next, but. <laughs> Maybe I just uh, creeped into the next uh, the next one here, but but yeah. So the rest of these guys, man, I'm I'm probably gonna sell on, on their price range, to be honest. Yeah, that's fair. And you know, I don't necessarily have to go over all those guys in depth again. I, I think you guys covered it pretty well. I actually don't feel too strongly on Hampton because, like, I think you both make good cases for like why he's a good player but he could still be kind of overpriced currently damian martinez kind of in that middle zone where i mean he has decent value to his name i i like him john and i have pretty much always liked damian martinez um he's just such an underrated guy coming out and then mm -hmm. ollie gordon just coming out of nowhere and and crushing the season i'm, I'm kind of interested in him i just need to do a little bit of a deeper dive before i fully endorse him as a buy but i lean more towards buy compared to sell and then jordan james actually that's my biggest buy of this group if if his adp continues to be suppressed so once he starts creeping up into that like you know third re third round range i mean that's too early because he has not fully done it but like what he did this season was so underrated and it was just very, very efficient in a backfield where Bucky Irving, I mean, he was getting a large workload, but Jordan James was also siphoning off carries consistently. And he was, he was more efficient in, in some measures than, than Bucky Irving at a bigger size, right? I mean, you'd think that the, the more explosive, smaller guy might be a little bit more efficient at times, but Jordan James at 205 plus um, running at over seven yards per carry and, and even being involved in the passing game. And now he has a whole backfield to himself. I just think that Jordan James is a screaming buy, but maybe people are catching on, right? I've seen his his value, or at least people talking about him now. So he'll get to the point where I cool off on the buy, but until then I am, I am bye, bye, bye on um, Jordan James. So 
But uh, Josh did. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Now, just just to put it out there, because I do joke about Jordan James and Jane Lamar quite a bit. I actually do have Jordan James ranked ahead of Jane Lamar, uh, but it's just become a fun bit at this point. So like now I'm I'm so rooting for Jane Lamar to just run away with the show. And uh, I mean, they're not that far apart to where it's not like insane that it would happen. So I, I'm like I said, Jane Lamar to the moon, baby. I, I think that would be absolutely insane. But if it if it happens, you know, props to Beth, right? I, I will never question Beth again. So that's right. That's right. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. But we dropped a little Donovan Edwards hint there. I, I think that we gotta go to him next, just because he is a guy, I think he's actually similar to like Nick Singleton in a lot of ways, where the the talent, the pedigree, the recruiting pedigree, and some of the high-end flashes that you see is just so tantalizing. It's like, why why can't we take a shot on this guy? He's like the discount Nick Singleton in some ways. But do you consider Donovan Edwards to be a buyer or sell at this point? Well, since Josh already kind of talked about him, I guess I'll go ahead and talk about him. I think that, like, I've, I've always loved Donovan Edwards. You have as well. It sounds like Josh has as well. And we I, we saw those flashes in that championship game. I have no idea why it took them to the championship game for it to happen. Obviously, you've expressed, expressed concerns about him, uh, you know, with a knee injury, knee surgery, like stuff like that, Aaron in the past and so it very well could have taken until that point to just be healthy enough to do whatever uh, but i feel like he's going to get his shot this year the offensive line should still be great uh you know if anything he he should he should and i now i also drafted him last year very highly and thought he should have been great for my c2c squads and he was not so i think that he should be able to gain value back maybe he's never going to become that top tier guy now just because he has proven to have some possible vis vision issues and and things like that but i think that kind of like we were talking about with nicholas singleton teams are going to fall in love with that athleticism the receiving ability stuff like that he's probably still going to be drafted pretty damn high i think you have to have him as a buy because there's still enough people out there just saying hey you know like he's he's not who we thought he was and you know get him off my team now that being said you would have been much better off buying him before the championship game, you know, but uh, you, you gotta, you gotta come up with that belief a little earlier, but I still think that you can probably squeeze him into a trade, maybe a two for one kind of deal or something like that. Like a one for one trade might be difficult right now because the, everyone else saw the same champ, the same championship game. And so a one for one kind of deal, but maybe you try to like, um, tear down from a Nicholas Singleton to a Donovan Edwards plus or something like doing something like that. You, you can probably get that trade done. Yeah. I mean, again, like there's gonna be some, like you said, there's gonna be some team they're going to fall in love with them. And if you find, if he gets in the right system, right. That's going to like the, the way that lions use Jameer Gibbs um, and he can run some, you know, outside zone and he can catch 50, 60, 70 passes. Like that guy is going to be fantasy gold. It's just going to, it's going to be, have to be the right fit. And, uh, you know, again, he has his limitations, but like we don't, the NFL is not even using workhorse running backs a ton these days. And so it's like, he fits in with the categories, you know? And I think what he, again, what he does is elite, get that guy in open space. And we saw it, he's gone. Right. Like that was one of his runs against Washington was like, he ran into the back of his offensive line. <laughs> Like, cause he couldn't see the hole, and then he like takes a couple steps back, and then he outruns the whole deep. It's like, what, like, what do you do with that? Like, there's a level of like, eventually, just talent takes over, and you know, I don't know. I mean, 
you could argue he's a bad fit for the system at Michigan, but like in the NFL, like he'll be in a better system for him. Yeah, you'd think so. But th that was just such a funny run. It's like such a classic Donovan <laughs> Edwards move. Um, but I, yes. I like the fact that, yes, he's finally starting to look healthy. So there's reason for optimism. I do consider him a, a buy as well. So it's, it's, I think it's bye, bye, bye here for the three guys. Um, we'll skip ahead to Ashton Janty, Boise State running back. And he is just a guy who's just really interesting because of that strong receiving profile. I'll just be right up in front and, and get it out of the way. I consider him a nice buy in Debbie leagues, but what do you guys think? Yeah. I mean, I put him on here just because uh, <laughs> he's the guy I, I'm going to be on a mission to get this guy escalated into cell territory for everybody else. But I just think like he is incredible. I think he's my RB four or five, maybe, maybe five or six now with Henderson back. I haven't adjusted my rankings yet. But I just like his receiving profile. Like you, like you talked about his yards per route run, or like double any other running back out there. His, you know, his yards per uh, yards per contact, you know, per attempt, yards after contact per attempt is like a four point five. I mean, he's like number three of running backs that are you know hundred attempts last year. And so, you know, G five running backs, you have to be elite, right, in order for us to really consider you. But he's that, and he's 210, right, which is a great – you have Kenneth Walker, that's 212, and you have these backs that are definitely succeeding at that at that weight in the NFL. And I just think, again, like, you know, we're just hyping up Donovan Edwards and his receiving skills. Well, Ashton Gentry was a wide receiver in high school, and that's obvious when he goes out and, um, you know, he does it. And he can run – he can also run inside. He runs really hard maybe too hard for his size. I mean, that's the one knock is that like, maybe he'll be eventually hurt himself with the way that he runs so violently. But, uh, but you just love to see what he does on the field. I mean, it's just incredible. So he's a buy for me until, um, I don't know. I don't know if he'll ever not be a buy for me at this point. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I get about players. It's just like, no, don't, you can't raise them up high enough. Uh, I don't want to talk too much about Genty. I mean, he is a G5 guy and and everything. I will say that I, I'm extremely high on him as well. Not quite as high as Josh. Actually, I have him as RB8. So, I I mean, I'm pretty damn high as well. Uh, so I would yeah, say that's that pretty high. A, yeah, I would say that he's a buy as well. I'm looking here. He's going as RB16 on uh, Campus to Can. He's, he's RB, I think it was 14 on DLF. So uh if i could find them yeah rb14 on dlf so you know if we're saying eight in in five <laughs> then you know i definitely would call him a buy there you go yeah no I, I love it the guy's gonna be awesome at the next level it seems even though um you know some people are gonna doubt that just because of the g5 thing but at, at some point we have to say he's just that good and and honestly boise state has a track record of putting guys in the nfl are, are decent producers for sure and they just got malachi nelson like their team should there be even go. better this year like i i don't see things not being better for genty for the team for everything even malachi is not necessarily the qb that we thought he should be better than Taylor green or you know whoever the hell they were putting out there that's fair. yeah genty genty did that with no passing game and so yeah absolutely I love, I love that I, take. I hate, I hate everyone in the Debbie and C2C community for making me think that Taylor Green was good, 
because I drafted him in in uh, supplemental drafts because everyone was like, he's gonna be a stud. You have to have him. And I, why? Like why, people? <laughs> like I never, I never really even truly looked into it because people were so vocal about him. Like he's here. I gotta draft him. And then I freaking drafted him. I'm like, why? What did I do to you? Why are you putting this out in the ether? Like, come on. There's there's back. nothing worse. There's nothing worse than like not having seen a guy played and taking other people's word for it. And then you watch him for the first time after you're already invested in him. You're like, Oh, like he's so bad. Like I should never trust anybody ever. That's, that's how it felt for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Speaking of guys that you've never seen play uh, freshman running backs for, for John. Um, No, but uh, Josh, you you put a guy on here, Caden Durham, LSU running back. And um, for me, I have him very high in that tier one. I do have quite a few tier one running backs actually in this class. Now I don't necessarily do the same ranking as like the guys at campus to Canton where he's like hitting the certain grade. So like, for example, in this draft class, there's a bunch of guys who aren't even in tier zero, one or two. There's like, there's like nobody up there for some of their, um, some of their rankers. And for me, I mean, I, I guess I don't use that system. I'm just saying like amongst the guys in this class, I think he's towards the top. I, I don't necessarily think that it, this is too bold to, to think that, but I consider him a buy just because I know it's not consensus by any means. Yeah. I mean, we were talking about this before we came on. It's like, I don't see anybody talking about him and I'm sure there are people I'm not, I'm just not tuned into it, but it's like, I mean, this is a guy that has some 10 to hundred meters to his name. I mean, he ran, you know, even you take away the win aided stuff, he ran a 10 to 8. He ran, he's got a 10 5 non win aided. I mean, that's crazy for a running back. He's 5'9, 195. I mean, that's what Genty was coming out. This kid played at Duncanville High School in um, Dallas. It's a 6A school. I mean, so he's playing elite competition. He averaged 10 yards per carry his senior year um, and on like a lot of like 200 carries for like 2,000 yards. And that's kind of that metric that, you know, you look for in recruits to see if they're going to be able to have an impact at the next level, um, a high level impact. So he's got that, right. He's got what, I think it's like 16 catches for like 290 yards. So he's got some receiving chops too. got good contact. I look for contact balance, speed, and, um, and then high school production of 10 yards per carry. Those are three big things I look for, for freshman running backs. And he checks those boxes and it's like, look, like, I don't know if he's going to overtake Caleb Jackson right away or, you know, the other running backs that they got at LSU, but, um, but he's a guy that he's got traits and like those traits for me are, are worth investing in, particularly if you're not going to have to spend a ton of draft capital on him, which I don't, I don't think you will this year. Yeah. The, I obviously don't know anything about the freshman yet. I have not looked into them. Uh, that is a hundred percent clear. So I cannot say anything about the actual player himself, but I will say, I feel like most, people are fairly high on Caleb Jackson, myself included. And so if, you know, if that's the case and, and, you know, we've seen coaches and a lot of, a lot of these teams be slow to move on to the, the youth, to the true freshmen, like the, those kind of players. And, you know, it generally ends up being these like blue chip programs, you know, where they don't do that. You know, you see it at Alabama all the time, obviously, um, you know, e- even with uh, with LSU last year, they brought in a Logan Diggs, you know, because they didn't really want to give it over to Caleb Jackson. And so, um, you know, Jackson has the the size, the athleticism, I believe, you know, like he at least in a small sample, he showed, you know, he has that burst and speed and everything. 
So that'd really be my only concern. And that doesn't mean that it's a bad pick, you know, because, okay, that just means next year or whatever, you know, or maybe he can just get on the field a little bit. But, you know, like that that's why, and, and I, I want to do more research on the, the freshman and all that kind of stuff. But that's why, especially if we're talking about Debbie, it's really difficult to draft a, a Debbie running back, true freshman, you know, like <laughs> right then that's not like highly recruited or highly ranked, isn't even going to see the field. Now, if you're talking about C to C leagues, it's a little different because obviously, you know, bigger roster sizes and, 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 you know, like you're trying to have that constant flow of, of talent, you know, throughout years and that kind of thing. So it's a little different, but if we're truly talking about Debbie here, like I kind of want to be out because I just want, I'd much rather be in on Caleb Jackson. And, and while Caleb Jackson is super fun, I think it's possible to have multiple good running backs out of a program. And I think that's what we're going to be seeing here is just that Durham, just because Caleb Jackson might be the one, a doesn't mean that Durham is not extremely efficient and, you know, takes over after a year or two. And we just don't know what the transfer portal, what's going to happen. I mean, Caleb Jackson could get benched for fumbling and, and transfer out. Like you just, you really can't, get too attached to the situation when it's so volatile nowadays. Um, so I think that gives me a little bit more hope with some of these freshmen, but it can also be the opposite. And I'm just going to bring up some situations here, um, Texas, Georgia, and Alabama. They're bringing in these recruits, and I'm just going to quickly list them off for the people who are interested in some of these incoming freshmen um, running back guys. So like for Texas, they're bringing in Jarek Gibson and Christian Clark. Uh, Georgia's bringing in Nate Frazier, Chauncey Bowens, Dwight Phillips, and Alabama's bringing in Kevin Riley and Daniel Hill. And using kind of that same argument that John just did, it's like, I mean, if there's good guys ahead of them already, how are these guys going to see the field? And I actually believe in, in most of those guys that I just listed off for Texas, Georgia, and Alabama, none of them are good enough to overcome the competition that are that's currently on those rosters. I don't think, I mean, you can make the argument for a couple of the Georgia guys because of their athleticism. But like, even then we just talked about um, a bunch of talented Georgia backs and how backed up that is there. I'm actually seeing those as guys that I'm kind of, I'm willing to sell or, or at least not really heavily invest in a lot of those guys. And, and I know that's, it's kind of a hater talking because that's entirely the, the whole um, incoming running back class for Texas, Georgia, and Alabama, like top end schools. But I'm just not into them, especially in this era of the transfer portal where, I mean, even if they're next up at Alabama, you're going to get a top guy transferring in there probably anyways. So that's, that's kind of risky to, if you don't believe in those kind of middle tier freshmen, it's okay just to be out on them because we don't know what's going to happen in the future with transfer portal and uh, competition. I, you know, it's just on this quick on this freshman class. I think this is the most uncertain class as far as RB one RB two that I've seen in years. I mean, usually there's a couple that I'm, Trevion Henderson, I took him as a freshman in, in CFF drafts. I'm like, oh, he'll come in. He's got talent. He can overtake that backfield. This year, I, I, I just don't I, – you just don't see the path. Like Trevor Etienne's not getting overtaken by one of these dudes. You know, Jared Gibson's not going to come in and, you know, overtake Baxter or, you know, Jaden Blue. So, you know, so I think that's a really good point. Like, I'm, I'm pretty uncertain. Even Taylor Tatum going to Oklahoma, like – Gavin Sawchuk just looked unbelievable over the last three or four weeks. Um, and so it's like, hey, the path to, to playing time is not very evident without an injury right now at a lot of these like schools where the top running backs are going to. So I really, I like that point. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. And I, I won't necessarily like 
push back on on some of that. I do think that Oklahoma is more wide open when you compare it to like you know a Georgia or an Alabama or Texas right now. So I, I still like Tatum a bit. But um, how about let's get over to the wide receivers here. I don't want to um, exclude them because there's some interesting names. And right at the top, we we got a, just a, a big guy, a big name, and that's Tet McMillan, who is staying at Arizona. He's not at least at this time transferring out um, to join his head coach. So what do you guys think? Are, are we still willing to buy Tet or, or are we thinking he's a sell at this point? Overall, number one Debbie player. That's all you need to know. Buy him until he's that. Before uh, before before a couple weeks ago when I met John, I didn't know there was somebody as high as on T-Mac as me. At least before the bowl game, right? Like everybody after that was like talking about wide receiver one. I'm like, no, you guys are not allowed on this bandwagon. It's unfair. Like I, got, I went on the, with the Austin Ace and the CTC, you know, crew talking about Debbie ranks last year, and I had I had a T Mac wide receiver three, and <laughs> that guy looked at me like I was an idiot, and I rightfully so, man, rightfully so. But like, there's just certain things about this guy, right? Like he gained 20 pounds between his freshman and sophomore year. On the GP, GPS system, they're saying he hit it 22 miles per hour, where he hit 18 miles per hour as a freshman. And then obviously you have all the stuff on the field that he's done. I mean, this guy is absolutely incredible. Like he's a, he's my wide receiver one, um, you know, in you know, in Debbie C2C, whatever. So I, I'm right there with John. I, you know, this is when I knew that I had a new soulmate. So I appreciate you, John. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I, I and I mean, I, I will, I, I've always been with you. I, I want to say I had Tet, it was definitely top three. I want to say I had him at three going into last season, and a lot of people hated that. I mean, there and is a lot of the campus to Canton guys really hated that. And then, like throughout the season, I listen to all their pods. I love those guys. I've been on their pods, not disparaging at all, um, at all. But yeah, I, I love them. I I listened to their pods throughout the season, and you could hear it every week they were like he's creeping up a little bit more he's creeping up a little bit more and all of a sudden they had him like they had to finally put him in their top five but you can tell they absolutely hate doing it though <laughs> yeah and, and ted mcmillan i i'm not going to say anything more about him because I, I do think he's a buy until he gets some of that respect he deserves being in that tier one at least even if he's not at that wide receiver one spot but um i just I don't think that Luther Burden should be ahead of him. I just think that that's one example of something we don't see, but we don't need John to chime in there because we know he agrees with that. Um, so let's let's go next to the Texas wide receivers. And I'm just going to list off a couple of guys there. I'm not even going to get into the freshman class, which is kind of talented, but Isaiah Bond transferring in from Alabama to Texas, Matthew Golden transferring in from Houston, um, to Texas and then Jonte Cook just a second year guy staying at Texas and I think that's a really interesting room it's going to be a fun wide receiver room this year but what do you think of those guys like buy sell like what are we doing yeah you know well I was just gonna say you know I, I think overall like I'm I'm gonna buy Jonte Cook um and I think Isaiah Bond's going to reach a level by the time people are listening to this podcast where I'm going to sell him just because like, I, I think he, I mean, look, he runs a 10, 700 meter. This kid's fast, right? Like he's got talent. He's pretty raw wide, wide receiver. I mean, coming out, he was an athlete. 
and I think he's still learning the nuance of position. You can't teach speed, but like the nuances of route running, I think that just matters and the NFL and translating. And so I'm not sure. And I don't know. Um, I, I need to do more research and maybe you have this John on like his a dot and stuff like that. But like Quinn Ewers does not throw a good deep ball. So if he's the guy like, and Isaiah bond is like making his money on, on deep shots, like, Xavier Worthy like got pinged for that a little bit. I mean, because he just could never hit him on a deep ball. And so I I think Jonte Cook has um, you know, I think he's a good route runner. I think he's got more tools long term. But I, I do think Isaiah Bond's the wide receiver one this year. So it's a little bit Jonte Cook's more risky. I I'm willing to take more of a risk on him. I think Matthew Golden, like for me is probably going to be a sell wherever he's at, even though I really like Matthew Golden to a certain degree. Like, I just don't think he's got any elite traits that are going to help him succeed at the next level. And I think he's wide receiver three, at least this year for Texas. And and maybe doesn't ever get past that with Ryan Wingo coming up as a, you know, in, in 2025 when he hits the field. Yeah. His a dot is 8.3 yards. It's not, it's not great. It's uh burden esque as we like to say uh here there on we go. pod and uh yeah if if you're if you, if you're right there with me on tet you know i'm right there with you on golden he is probably the biggest sell in all of debbie um isaiah bond's not that far behind him though <laughs> i'd say I, i'm right there with you like i i think that people are going to get more hyped about the transfers coming in and kind of forget about jonte cook and yet, like, there's really no reason to hate what Jonte Cook did or has, you know, him as a prospect, all that kind of stuff. Everyone was super excited about him. Nothing has truly changed except for he has less competition now. And so I feel like we should at least be, feel like pretty confident with him going into this uh, second year and that kind of thing. Wow. So if you're listening to this podcast or watching live, you should just just back it on up. I'm not going to say any more. Just listen to these guys because they they said what needed to be said there. I agree with all three of those Texas wide receivers. So we'll move on to Barry and Brown here, Kentucky wide receiver and a guy. So like there was a lot of hype going into this last season. He didn't necessarily live up to that. He would disappoint. He disappointed. I, I think most would say at this point, but I still think that there's a lot of untapped potential there. He's a great returner. Um, a lot of explosiveness to his game. He's a little bit raw. So you talked about that um, a little bit with Isaiah Bond. I mean, I'm not really comping them as players necessarily, but I, I still think that Barian, he needs to work on his game. Absolutely. But I mean, some of the exciting game-breaking abilities are there. So do you guys consider him now that his, his values dropped a little bit to be potentially a buy at this point, or is he still kind of a sell coming off of a disappointing season? I think you can be a buy um, because, you know, I'm, I'm looking at uh, DLS ranks and they have Isaiah Bond one spot ahead of them. And so if that's the case, I'm selling Isaiah Bond and I'm buying Dar- Barry and Brown. I'd much rather have that. And when we talked about how Quinn Ewers isn't the greatest, obviously we know that Jalen Monroe isn't the greatest quarterback, but I we can pretty definitively say that uh, Devin Leary is a much worse quarterback than any of those guys. <laughs> and, and so I feel like Barry and Brown never had a shot. He never had a chance. As bad as we think Will Levis is, or as bad as Will Levis is, I not that we think as bad as Will Levis is Devin Leary is a thousand times worse. And so like I, he never had a shot. Um, I, yeah, I'm buying Barry and Brown. 
Um, I might be talking on my ass because I'm hoping to God that somebody else is going to be the quarterback there this year. I haven't even like truly paid attention if they brought in a transfer or what, or is it still Devin Leary? Because now, now I'm scared. <laughs> Aaron, you want to tell him who it is? No, oh, Brock Vandegraaff, which I actually... <laughs> Uh, oh, that's right. I do remember he came I, over. <laughs> right. And I sound super disappointed saying that, but I know John, you know, has a little bit of hope for him, I guess. Um, I, I think Brock is super bad, <laughs> but unfortunately, we bet, we bet against the, the terrible players and sometimes it works out where the not terrible players take over. So we're, <laughs> we're hoping and praying that it's going to be Vandergriff here. <laughs> well, I- you know, one of the things, you know, you had Liam Cohen who come back, came back as an OC last year. I had super high hopes for that Kentucky offense um, just because I liked Cohen. I mean, I think I liked what he did with Tavian Robinson in the slot, and he loves to feature the slot receivers. And, um, and Barry and Brown, they just kept him on the outside, and it, it was kind of confusing to me because it felt like he could play some slot, and he just didn't. I mean, he played some, but not a ton. and. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, Barry and Brown is a sell for me just because I was high on him last year and I got burned and I'm just like, I don't know. I don't know if I can go back to that well with a guy that I was already not sure about to begin with. And then I bought into him last year. And so now I'm thinking, I, I think I'm going to be back out. But look, look, like I think that the wide receiver position is really, really, really hard for me to evaluate. So you know, whatever I'm saying, you should probably say the opposite because I, I just think that's a hard position in, in my, in, for me. So, um, so Brent Brown, I'll just be out on for now. Well, we were talking about Matthew Golden's 8.3 a dot. Uh, Barry and Brown's the complete opposite. 16.6 was his ad- average depth of target. Like you have a add a 16.6 a dot and a terrible quarterback, and you're never going to complete passes. It's not going to happen. So uh, I'm not saying that that's going to change. I guess at this point, I can't guarantee it's going to change, but you would think that it's not Brown that's the the problem. It's not Barry and Brown that's the problem, and we bet on player talent. We don't bet on situations. So I'm still betting on Barry and Brown. Wow, you guys make some good... Uh, good points there. It's really hard. You know, you're, you're trying to sway me one way or another because I'm, I'm starting a little bit in the middle here because I like his talent, right? Don't like his situation. Don't necessarily love what he did this last season, but like John is applying some really good context. Um, and I don't know, Josh, your, your wide receiver takes thus far have been really, really good. So I don't know what you're talking about there, but um, I, I trust you. Uh, I'll, I'll be somewhere in the middle. How about that? So we're, we're kind of tied. Buy, sell. Um, you guys make that decision. But uh, how about Kevin Concepcion? What, what do you guys think about the NC State freshman who really broke out this last season, kind of an all-purpose player who was able to play in the backfield, get some touches, jet sweeps, and I think that is a big reason why his ADOT and his, his yards per reception was lower than what we'd like to see was because of the usage. It's not because of the player. who He seems to be kind of an explosive guy, and I'm just really interested to see your guys' thoughts. I anticipate a step forward. I think he's a buy unless, I mean, he's starting to go higher and higher in drafts. So there becomes a limit, but at this point he's still under the radar for a lot of people in a lot of leagues. Yeah. I, I like Concepcion. I I thought that I was going to be, I thought that Concepcion was going to be that player that I was going to be like, ha you guys didn't even know who he was and blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden everyone just started talking about him and how amazing he is and this and that. 
but once again, it's burden-esque. Like it's a low A dot player that did a lot with it afterward. And I don't want to hate those players. I really don't. But you know, those players generally are not great route runners. Those players are generally not great separators. They're not the they're not what I love to see in a receiver. And you know, it's just more Martavis Bryant or whatever, you know, where it's just like they're a burner. They're they're truly athletic, but they're not really that great of a receiver. And that's not what I fall in love with. Now that that being said, I still he's still high in Beth. So like he is not I'm not saying he's terrible. I would much rather have him than like an Isaiah Bond or somebody like that that we've talked about previously. But I just I mean there's definitely some concerns. It wouldn't blow my mind for um, you know, because now we have NC State bringing in Grayson McCall, like they're they're bringing in other transfers and everything. Like they could easily be a completely different team this year. And what if it's not going to be all dinks and dunks? And if that's the case, it does Ken, Kevin Concepcion, you know, take a step back to you know, like look more like a wide receiver two than a wide receiver one, like that kind of thing. So I don't want to call him a buy because I feel like there's too many people that are hyped on him. Um, but I also don't necessarily want to call him a sell. Um, I think he's kind of a hold. He, he's, he's, if you got him, hold him and hope for the best. Um, if someone's willing to give you like top five wide receiver prices for him, then absolutely he's a sell. But you know, other than that, I'm probably just holding. Yeah. I, he's super interesting to me. I mean, his production profile does remind me a little bit of like a Rondale Moore, you know, like with that super low a dot. And, um, I, what I, NC State, so Robert and I, the OC there, I mean, he was at UVA, right? He's had some really productive offenses. He's using uh, Casey and the, uh, what was the Billy Kemp role back in the day when Brendan Armstrong hit 4,400 yards, a lot of like kind of gadget type type stuff. And look, with Noah Rogers coming in, Wesley Grimes, I mean, they got two four-star freshmen that are coming in. I mean, this right wide receiver room is going to be stacked, and he's not going to have to have a – he's not going to have to prove that he can do more dot because they're going to keep him in the same role. I would like to see him transfer out. I think there's unknowns with Kevin Concepcion, in my opinion. Like with Ted McMillan, like his unknowns, I have those boxes checked, right? And what I don't like about Barry and Brown, what I don't like about KC is – there's unknowns for me and he's probably going to go higher than I'm willing to take on those risks. I'm not saying you can't overcome that, but like those, like again, in that system, unless he transfers out and goes somewhere else where he can prove like a, like a UT, you know, the UT or some other system that he's going to be targeted downfield. Those questions are going to remain for me. Great point, sir. How about Nick Anderson or Nicholas Anderson at Oklahoma? Do you guys have any strong opinions on him? A little bit of a deeper name, right? A lot of Debbie drafts um, he'll be available in, and he's he's under the radar. He's not going in the first four rounds of drafts, that's for sure, or at least from what I've seen. He's kind of the complete opposite for me, where like he, you know, he's he's the big play guy, you know, four point six eight. PPR points per touch like that is unbelievable now it, you know he's uh he I, I want to say that he only had let me see actually no he, he ran 328 routes he had 798 yards I mean it's not even necessarily like a small sample trap or anything like that I was thinking that he had a, a lesser season than he really did uh, but you know, 21 yards per uh, reception. You know, I love that that simple stat, but it just shows athleticism in a simple stat, which I love to see. 
and then you know like that that ppr points were touched you're never going to get me to to hate a player that can score that many fantasy points in one touch in one play um and so yeah i'm kind of all about nick anderson and i mean it, you know you're talking about oklahoma you're talking about jackson arnold that people are you know excited about like is there any reason to think that this is not going to continue or be a good thing for nick anderson i i think i'm all about him i would I would definitely label him as a buy. I don't necessarily have an idea of like how other people feel about him. So I can't really say how, you know, if I'm higher or lower than other people, but I would think that I am higher. Yeah. I mean, for me, Nick, and Nick Anderson reminds me a lot of Marvin Mims with his, again, with this hyper efficient production there at Oklahoma. Now totally different players, right? Like, you know, nothing that's similar between them, but you know, he's just so I can Nick Anderson's a fascinating profile in my opinion. Cause like, like he wins deep, but I'm not sure how he wins deep other than he's a, he's a pretty good route runner. And I think that that matters. I mean, it's not like, I don't think he's going to come out as like this, a like crazy burner. So he's, he's very interesting to me. I think like what you're saying, John, like, I don't think he's going to like creep into the first three rounds or four or five, rounds even of like a Debbie draft or a C2C draft and like a startup. So it's like, man, if I can get him 10 to 15, like, yeah, that, that actually feels pretty comfortable. Um, if that's what I got to get him at. So where I think he's probably projecting at, like I'm, I'm going to buy him, um, at, at where he's currently at. I would like to buy him as well, though. I don't know if I'm going to be able to buy him after you guys talking about him here. So. We'll see. <laughs> but Brandon Innes, um, Ohio State wide receiver, um, you know, a lot of hype for him this this last season, right, coming in. And honestly, this is, this is the part that I find so funny about recruits and how some services or how some people talk about recruits. They're so sure of themselves as far as Brandon Innes, oh, clearly the best Ohio State guy last year. Right. And then we started to see people get backing off that. And who was the first one who said, I don't know if he's actually number number one in there. I kind of like some of these other guys. And I, I have to give myself a little pat on the back there because I was and I'm not even saying that he's bad. Like I always still liked him. It's just that um, we sometimes just don't know how these guys are going to translate. And at the end of the day, now Brandon Innes is getting all this competition. He's getting these studs um, recruits coming in and Emeka Buka is coming back. And it's like, where is Where's Innes going to stick, um, stick out or break out? And I just think that Jeremiah Smith coming in is better. Mylon Graham, at this point, I think is somewhat comparable, but we'll see how things play out. Do I consider him still kind of a sell? Because I, I think there's people who are hanging on to, you know, some of the things um, as a recruit and and the fact that there's some opportunity there. But do you guys have strong opinions on Brandon Innes? I'm, you know, for me. If he, he's a slot receiver and, you know, he's a guy that as a junior in high school played quarterback and then, you know, moved over to wide receiver. He's not a great route runner. I mean, at this point, I mean, what he is to me is a little bit of like, I guess I can compare his game to like what I would think what Cleo Shakur, as far as he's a physical, it's almost like a running back playing wide receiver in some ways. Um, so after the catch, he's probably going to be pretty good, but like, is he going to be able to like, win in route running you know at the next at, well at the college level i mean we haven't even we haven't even seen that yet but i think those would be my questions i would sell him at this point i want to see him run some routes and see what he can do um because the things that i've heard about him um you know as far as like even from 
yeah, some other stuff. It's like, yeah, he's super competitive and he's a dog, but like that doesn't translate to production on the field necessarily. That just means that you're going to be a good locker room guy. And that, those guys, you know, may go in the first rounds if they have good production profile. And I'm not sure if he's going to get there. I really liked what, what you said, Aaron. So I'm going to sell him too. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I don't follow the year one zero theory as hard as some of the campus Canton guys do because, you know, like I, I like, I, I love using context and obviously we can use context with Ohio state and say, there's amazing players that were ahead of him. It's not that big of a shock that he couldn't get on the field. That being said, unfortunately for him, Mecca Buka went back to school and you know, like I believe that that is true competition for him. And so like, is it going to be that different this year unless Buka is hurt and like that kind of thing? I don't know. Um, you know, if we're expecting Carnell Tate to really kind of take more of, or Jeremiah Smith or whoever to take more of that, um, you know, MHJ kind of role. And then Igbuka's, you know, there. And, you know, even though they're taking the MHJ role, I still think that Igbuka will technically be the one for the team. Like he's the, he's the most you know productive. He's the oldest. He's the most experienced wide receiver. And you know, I honestly love Igbuka. Like I, we always have, Aaron always has as well. Uh, you know, I, I believe that he is a highly talented receiver. So I don't know that uh, we can really say, that like Ennis is going to get on there and be more than like a Julian Fleming or somebody like that, that can get you like 400 yards or something. And, and I'm not truly comping the players. I never even really looked into Ennis all that much. The only thing that the only feather in my cap was that I, I fell in love with Carnell Tate because he's an IMG Academy from Bradenton guy, you know, right down the road. And, and so, you know, like that, I'm always going to go after that guy and, you know, because he, uh, he's a hometown kind of guy. So I, that's, uh, you know, it's, it, I'm one for one with those now, you know, and, and I'm just going to keep uh, banking on anyone coming from IMG. I like it. You guys make some good points with Brandon Innes. Uh, three freshman wide receivers here. And so our esteemed guest here provided some names and let's, let's go over those guys. So TJ Moore going to Clemson, Jeremiah Smith going to Ohio state and Jojo trader um, going to Miami. So any thoughts initially on these guys, Josh? But yeah, before Josh starts, and I'm sorry for interrupting, but I just I got really excited because I have not dove into any of these players yet. Um, but I can easily give my piece on TJ Moore because he's a Clemson wide receiver with Cade Klubnick throwing it to him. That's all you need to know. I'm out. I want nothing to do with them. Okay, I said my piece. But what if I told you his comp is Mike Evans? Uh, does he have Baker Mayfield throwing it to him? Good. <laughs> does he does he have johnny menzel throwing it to him uh yeah I, he has kate klubnik throwing it to him i'm, I'm out right. well uh you know you would be happy to know though that tj moore is from tampa uh so you know maybe he's back in for you i don't know like i'm back in i will say though like this like look if if clemson's not the place for him if kate isn't good enough to get him the ball as outside wide receiver then uh, he'll transfer out and go some routes. But this kid, man, like his route running is like crazy at like six foot three, 195. I mean, he's a guy that caught touchdown on to touchdown on his highlights, but even better than that, in the, in the All American game, like he outshined Jeremiah Smith. And I'm not saying he's going to be better than Jeremiah, but holy cow, like he was nuanced in his route running. He ran over the middle, he went over the top. I mean, he had like 12 catches, like 134 yards, a couple touchdowns. So, anyways, like TJ Moore for me is like a guy that 
he he also like jumped a ton of spots up into a five star in the two four seven rankings. So I'm sure a lot of people are gonna be hyped on him now. But before the Army All American week, like he wasn't that high, and so he's just a guy I really like. So, um, Aaron, I don't know if you want to speak on this at all, but um, yeah, I I I like TJ Moore. I do think Cade Clubmanic will look better with some outside wide receivers because his outside wide receivers at Clemson have been cheeks for the last couple of years. So, uh, you know, it's like he was throwing to T Higgins. Yeah. I, I think it's going to make a big difference and, and club Nick can continue to be a, a subpar like NFL prospect and still put up some better numbers. And just the guys that they're bringing in at Clemson to pair with what they already have there in Tyler Brown and Antonio Williams, um, TJ Moore and then Bryant Wesco. I mean, Man, that wide receiver room is changing quick. Just when we thought that Clemson was dead, when we thought that you know they were not going to be resurgent into that you know wide receiver you that they were there for a while, um, now they're really pulling out some, some big guns here. So TJ Moore, I am a fan of, and and TJ Moore is way too close to DJ Moore for John to be out on him. This is unacceptable. <laughs> I, so I, I just actually. I just, well, first of all, that I didn't even think about that, which is ridiculous, but um, I, it was because I was looking at a picture of TJ Moore for the first time ever. And uh, it, it's kind of, it's kind of bringing me flashbacks of when I first looked at Audric Estime and how I felt about him. And I'm like, you know what? I'm all in. I'm, I'm back in. I don't care about Club Nick. It doesn't matter. He's going to be better. We like player talent, not situations here. I'm all in, baby. TJ Moore, wide receiver one in the class. <laughs> just pull the godfather you know, deal. Just when you thought you were out, pull me back in, you know, and, and that's great to see there, John. So um, how about Jeremiah Smith? And we already touched on him a little bit here with the Brandon Innes um, take, but do you have a strong buy or sell recommendation uh, for the listeners here on Jeremiah Smith, the five-star wide receiver for Ohio state? I mean, look, he's being called the best prospect of the last 10 years, mean comp to Julio Jones. I mean, I, I think a guy that's like that, he may never live up to that hype because that's crazy. But, you know, he's going to Ohio State who's produced, you know, first round draft picks. And, you know, he's going to be in a system that's going to be good for him. And I, I just think it's hard. He's going to be hard to miss on. Now, granted, he'll probably go really high. But I'm okay with taking a guy, a, a freshman, a lot of freshmen I'd be out on in the first round, but he's the type that as long as the back end of the first round, I'll take a, you know, I'll take a flyer on that for sure. Especially in this landscape where we're talking about a transition year for Debbie, in my, in my opinion, um, he's a guy that I'd buy. Hey, yeah. When that. we did that, when we did that, uh, Debbie mock, you know, on the full tilt Debbie pod, uh, we, we weren't quite prepared. I obviously was not prepared with the freshmen at all. And so we had talked uh, beforehand about not having freshmen, but then Andy tried to, uh, you know, like sneak one in real quick. And we were like, nah, get the hell out of here. Like you're not doing that in the third round because, you know, and Josh had said like, Oh, he'd probably go in the first round. I think the late first is a little crazy, but like even since then I've seen, I've seen like early to mid second uh, in a couple like Debbie mocks and stuff. And I don't think that's crazy at all. And I'm not even saying that late versus like truly crazy because there's no one else that's proven. So why not take the five-star prospect at wide receiver you and all that? So it's not that wild, but um, I also don't love falling in love with, you know, the, the prospects that haven't ever touched the field and all that kind of stuff. So I, I feel pretty confident with him in like the early to mid second, but you know, like, or, or somewhere around that price. But like Josh was saying, 
he's probably going to go before that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but at the same time, he's probably never going to live up to that. So it's one of those things where if you get a chance to get him, great. But, you know, it might be one of those things where, well, I mean, what if he becomes, I don't want him to be a year one zero or anything like that. Like I would like for him to thrive, but what if he ends up being like a 400 yard guy? I mean, it's not like Ohio state is this amazing system right now, or this amazing team right now. Um, you can get the hell out of here with anyone that thinks that Will Howard's a good quarterback. Cause that is, that is not true at all. Um, if anything, I would say that uh, it's one of the first times that I've ever actually said that Kyle McCord is a better quarterback than someone else. And it's, it's Kyle McCord's a better quarterback than Will Howard. Um, so I don't think that it's going to be like this amazing prolific season for anyone at Ohio state, much less for Jeremiah Smith. So it might be one of those things where technically he's a sell right now, but then you buy back in in year two. Hey man, Julian saying waiting there in the wings now. Just just flipped over to Ohio State. That's true. That's true. Um, they, they do have good some call. Pretty, good, good prospects. Call. That's pretty exciting. And we know that Jeremiah Smith. I mean, patience runs in the family. I mean, he's Geno Smith's cousin, and Geno waited what seven eight years to be a starter again in the league. So we know that Jer- Jeremiah he's not going to panic there. Um, but uh, let's let's finish up with one more. <laughs> Let's finish up with one last guy uh, that was listed here. That's Jojo Trader, Miami. That's a little bit lower down in the recruit ranks. He's not a bad recruit by any means, but um, interesting that he was listed here. Josh, do you have any thoughts with him? Yeah, this is a uh, absolute homer pick for me. Uh, I'm a Miami fan. I, I did grow up in Florida. and so, But I will say this, Jojo Trader, he was high school teammates with Jeremiah Smith. Um, and like, just watching him again in the Adidas All-American game in Orlando, like his feet and his route running are pretty elite. And I think those are two things that I look for in a wide receiver. Um, and uh, I, I think he's going to be able to pull off. I've seen some comps to Antonio Brown. Now that's pretty, pretty high, high comps. Um, but like, I do think he's a, he's a really good route runner. And that's really the number one thing I look for, honestly, and, and my wide receiver prospects is can they run routes and, um, and he's got some other traits that are, I mean, he's fast and explosive and all those things too. So Jojo's one for me that I think could be really interesting. Um, and he could get in there early at Miami and, um, like there's, I don't think there's a ton of competition for him, particularly the outside wide receiver slot spot. Um, and so it'll be interesting, uh, but we'll see. But Jojo Trade is just a guy I just want to talk about on the side. And I don't think he's going to go very high in any. I mean, I think he's definitely got 15, 20 round C2C startup type deal. Um, so. Yeah, he's I, a little bit deeper there. And and just before John um, also adds to this, I mean, I comped him to Dorian Singer. So, I mean, John is really interested now, right? Damn it. Now I can't say what I was going to say. Uh, no. Oh, no. I love it. Um, once again, I know nothing about this player. The only thing I know is that he's going to Miami. And in the research that I've done in the last seven years of uh, top end prospects going to Miami, they are 0 and 6. I believe it was either 0 and 6 or 0 and 7. Not one of those players has ended up hitting in the NFL that was a top 50 prospect um, going into as a recruit. And the closest thing that they have right now is Mark Fletcher because he was last year. And I don't hate Mark Fletcher. 
but I don't think you can say he's proven that he's going to be an NFL stud or anything like that either right now. So uh, that's the only like feather in their cap that they have right now is it could be Mark Fletcher could be the first one to turn that around, but they were 0-6 of, of their hits in that seven-year span. So I don't know. I don't, I don't love it. <laughs> Yeah, Francis Mayanoa, well, he'll be the first one to overtake that. He'll be a first-round, second-round pick, at least, in the NFL draft. So, started as a right tackle this year. But, um, yeah, I think I mean, Cristobal is definitely a better evaluator than Manny Diaz and the guys they had before him. So, I do think that, you know, there's a little bit of, of change of guard there. But, you know, I think ultimately, yeah, there's lots of concerns that could poke holes in, in uh, the system and stuff like that that they're going to run. But I do think, again – like I think his his talent's going to be really good, and we'll see. Ultimately, in the transfer portal era, I just don't know if like landing spot really matters all that much because either they're going to hit, um, or they're going to transfer to somewhere else and then maybe get put in a better spot. So it's like it's tough to evaluate based on landing spot unless you're landing at Alabama or Ohio State or Georgia or some you know some place that's got some real gravitas because these guys are all just playing musical chairs <laughs> at this point. Yeah, that's good points there. And Jojo Trader, I mean, I can't say that I'm especially high on him because I actually really like the other incoming guy, Nykar, um, in fact, who is another freshman, um, incoming freshman wide receiver there, who was, he was yep. pretty impressive in high school too. But um, at the end of the day, good guys, I have those guys actually ahead of five-star wide receiver Ryan Wingo going to Texas. So, I mean, I can't say I'm too, too low on him. So, I, I like it. But that's probably go. more yeah, that's probably more so that I'm a little bit lower on Wingo than consensus. But all right, Sounds way too much like Mingo. I want nothing to do with them. I'm out. That's the analysis you come <laughs> here for at the Debbie Devotional right. here. <laughs> Uh, that's amazing. That's right. I mean, honestly, that's some of the that's some of the deepest uh, you know thought that I've ever given recruits before. So I mean, I can't even say uh, you know like that uh, that I'm not trying. You know, like you you have to be able to admit that I'm trying at this point. Uh, recruits are not my jam. Uh, I'm trying to be better about it. But <laughs> uh, hopefully, you guys enjoyed listening to this. Aaron kind of took over there as as the host for the night. I kind of enjoyed it. I just got to sit back and and just say stupid things over and over again. <laughs> And it was it was really good uh but it was a lot of fun i'll take back over here for a little bit and we'll get everyone out of here uh i think i promised oh we got a puff we, we got a puff a fluffy puff here so uh yes we're very excited about that i can never remember his damn name and i should know it but, it's will um, it's wilbur wilbur that's what it was i knew i, I knew it was something like that but uh john yeah, so john aaron knew that if he like you and I just talk, we'd be here all night. So he was like, I got to take over. I got to drive this thing, get these guys right. to land the plane before you know what? sub two hours. The sad part is it's a hundred percent true because he took over. He knew he was like, yeah, I'm not doing this. So it's very true. We'd still be sitting on the running backs at this point. We'd still be talking about Ashton Dinty if, uh, if it was up <laughs> exactly, to me. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> me and Josh just take over, but, uh, but yeah, this was great. It was a lot of fun. I knew we had to get Josh on 
once I met him, uh, you know, saw who he was and, and obviously like heard his knowledge, his vast knowledge. And I mean, the thing is, we didn't even have a show sheet on that pod or anything. You could just tell he's just coming off the, the top of the noggin with it all. And, and, um, and you know, I, I love anyone that has that kind of knowledge. Then we can just sit there and ask him question after question. It doesn't have to be on a show sheet. We can, it can be out of left field and, and it doesn't matter. They have an answer for it. So I uh, appreciate you jumping for jumping on Josh. Uh, but why don't you tell everyone where they can find you, what you're up to, anything you got going on here. Um, obviously, you are a little further along with the recruits than I am. Yeah, I mean, you can find my work over at, at fantasypoints.com. I run the college football side of things there. And so, um, and then at CFF guys on Twitter. Um, and I dabble in a little bit of everything. I do some Debbie rankings. I'm definitely not an expert by any stretch, but uh you know, did have T Mac as wide receiver three. We'll, we'll give that shout out. And then, and, but I do everything, man. I do CFF, DFS stuff is really kind of where my bread and butter is at this point. Um, and then do some like betting props type stuff. So do a little bit of everything. So yeah, follow me on Twitter and uh, I'll always have an opinion on something. Can't always say it'd be a good opinion, but uh, at least I get reactions. <laughs> I don't think we've ever made that promise on this pod. So, I mean, we're not breaking any laws here or anything like that. But <laughs> Aaron generally awesome. does give pretty good opinions. Uh, why don't you give us some words, words of wisdom before we get out of here, buddy? Wow. Well, words of wisdom. I think there were a lot of words of wisdom um, on this podcast this evening. So go back and, and listen if, if you want any tips. I, I think that the transfer portal um, conversations were very beneficial, though. Just understanding that it's a different game these days and we got to apply that to some of the recruits so you know we talked about some of the running backs if you don't really believe in them maybe you just don't end up committing to some of those lower end guys just because of the alabama the georgia landing spots things like that um that we used to value so much in past years yeah, it's a different world. I think uh, Nick Saban leaving is kind of like the end of an era for you know everyone, not just not just Alabama, but it's kind of an end of an era, and and we're seeing that things are just very different now. So I think that's a great point. It's more difficult for us. It's more difficult for me because I got to keep up with all that crap and in in uh, Beth and everything. It's it's not great. So uh, yeah, it, it's a lot of fun though, and. I don't really have too much more to say except for Arch Manning starting QB week three, baby week three th this season. You heard it here first, <laughs> but for now we're going to go ahead and get out of here. See you guys.